It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and we're broadcasting live today at Wofford College in front of a live studio audience. All right. It's the uh, Kappa Alpha Order Providence Council. It's uh, a chance for gentlemen from all over the uh, country to get together and talk about leadership and values and and just what it takes to be a a better man. Is that correct? Absolutely. And our first guest is, uh, uh, did you know that's why you were here? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. You're like wandered into the wrong room. Well, you're like, what? I thought this was something else. No, okay. Uh, Jimmy Peacock. How are you, Jimmy? Good. We're going to do, uh, <laughs> you know, to quote uh, Bob Euchre in Major League, those broadcasting classes are really paying off for you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we go now uh, live to the news desk for uh, a news story from uh, Jimmy Peacock here at Wofford College. An Illinois high school teacher was arrested for smoking pot at a high school event. Okay, this is a recent story that will just make you scratch your head. It's unbelievable. Peter Malloy. He's smoking a one-hitter under the bleachers at a high school wrestling match. Is this unbelievable? It's crazy. He's a high school teacher. And again, you know, soci, uh, socio-political uh, legislation, should pot be legal? Should we tax it and get out of the debt? Now, you know, we're not here to talk about uh, legalization of marijuana, whether you think it should be. We're here to talk about bad decisions and consequences and who thinks it's a good idea when you're a high school teacher to go under the bleachers at a high school event, a wrestling match, and light up your one-hitter. Off-duty cops smelled the marijuana. He was arrested and has possibly one of the greatest mugshots I've ever seen. <laughs> Open mouth breather. Look at that mugshot. Uh, and, you know, this is going to haunt him forever. Do you th- just a uh, show of applause. Do you think anybody uh, is going to hire him as a teacher from here on forward? No. no. Uh, is he going to have some uncomfortable conversations in his next job interview wherever he wants to go work? Yes. Is, are his friends going to make fun of him forever, especially for this mugshot? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Well, that's your decision-making public service announcement, also a marijuana public service announcement from uh, Jimmy Peacock. Thank you, Jimmy. No problem. You're not stoned right now, are you? No. That would would ruin this PSA. (laughs) That would be bad. Okay. He's sober, and uh, so are the rest of us here, uh, live with the men of Kappa Alpha Order at Wofford College. Let's hear it, John. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter, at Adam Ritz, or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. And welcome back to the broadcast. We thank you for joining us. I'm in Kalamazoo, Michigan, on the campus of Western Michigan University, and I'm pleased to introduce our next guest. He is P.J. Fleck, the head coach of the Western Michigan University Bronco football team. Hi, P.J., how are you? I'm doing well, Adam. Thank you. 
I'm excited to uh, be here. I can sense the excitement here on campus. Uh, the new coach in town. Uh, I hear uh, the youngest coach in America, Division One college football. How's that all feel? I'm proud of that. I definitely am. I, I, like I said, I've, I've had a ton of experiences, and uh, you know, it's a little bit, it's a little different when people say you're the youngest head football coach in the country. But when you look back on all the experiences that I've had. You know, we've had uh, we've moved seven times in eight years, so I've had a ton of experiences packed into a small career. Well, your experience—you mentioned uh, you just came from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, wide receiver coach with the Bucks in the NFL—and I got to believe that makes your job easier recruiting with um, high school kids because you're young, they can relate to you. You've got the NFL um, experience that really kind of—that's a wow factor for a 17-year-old to hear. Am I right? Oh, you are. It is. And anytime a 17-year-old kid looks at, you know, playing football, I mean, his ultimate goal, if he truly loves the game, is to play at the ultimate level, and that's the National Football League. And anytime that you can share an experience uh, with them, not only, you know, being a player in it when I played for the 49ers, but now also coaching in it from different aspects. One, you give them the opportunity to look at it from a player's point of view, and they know that their head coach has played in the National Football League. But now you look at it from a coaching point of view, so you get the whole flip side of what the coaches look like Mm -hmm. and coaches look for in the National Football League. So you're able to share those types of experiences with the young people and and, um, try to get them to their goal. P.J. Flack is our guest, head coach, Western Michigan University football. A homecoming of sorts. You played uh, collegiately at Northern Illinois. Is that right? Interconference, the Mid-American Conference, the MAC? Absolutely. The Mid-American Conference, one of the best conferences in college football. I truly believe that. It's one of the uh, most competitive uh, conferences in all of college football. Uh, And I, I absolutely love the conference. I played in it. I've coached in it. Uh, and now I'm back as a head football coach at a different school, which is now my uh, my alma mater is now a rival. But uh, didn't know if it always pan out that way. But uh, I'm really proud to be a Bronco. Now, what do your old buddies from the Huskies think about that? Well, I tell you what, they are they are fans of me. I can promise you that. So they want uh, they want victories 364 days out of the year. Uh, but when we come to uh, DeKalb, Illinois, I think they're. Split, but they say they're split, but I think they're more 60-40, 70-30, more of uh, Northern Illinois. So uh, we actually play out there in DeKalb this year, which will be a great challenge for our football team. And Northern Illinois has got a great football team, and uh, Rod Carey does a great job. And, and uh, But I know our, our team will be uh, ready for that challenge. Well, that's great. I want to talk about uh, some of the causes you work with. I saw recently uh, through a national publication, I think it was um, – SportsIllustrated.com, possibly. Uh, I wasn't even really uh, looking for this. It just popped up on my research. The video of you in the uh, polar plunge, which is, you know, a lot of people know about a polar plunge. You, you assume you just jump in some cold water, and, and it's for charity. Tell us how you got involved with this polar plunge. Uh, was it here on campus? Um, and tell us how your wife got involved with this, too. <laughs> well, my wife and I have always been involved with, with, with different charities. We haven't just been involved with just one. Uh, ever since uh, we had a chance to play in the National Football League, that gave us an opportunity to branch out to a lot. We used to run our own football camp, and all the proceeds went to five or six different charities, and we did that every year. But then when you become a college coach, it all gets – um, depending, you have to be able to have an own charity within your own state that you work in. And, you know, being a college coach, you travel all over the country. So we had to cancel that. But we've always been since then really involved with other charities. And any time a charity comes up, my wife and I are more willing to do anything. And obviously proving that we're willing to jump into a frozen pond here on campus with a hole cut out of it and uh, <laughs> stand there on the sideline waiting there for an in, in 18-degree temperature with about a 25-mile-an-hour wind. 
me with my shirt off, waiting there in my shorts for about 10 minutes until the firefighters finally tell you, yeah, it's safe to come in the water, but careful where you step because the ice isn't necessarily solid in different places. But I'm not really sure how she got drug into it, but um, when you get in this coaching profession, it's a we profession in terms of it's your wife and you. It's not just yeah. me anymore. I mean, everything we do, we do together. And um, that means jumping into a frozen lake two months after she gave birth. That, that was, I was going to bring that up. So she's just had a baby and she's jumping. Is that, what'd the doctor say? Is that okay? I guess it's fine. She did it and she's willing to check with the doctor. She's one that does everything where she checks with the doctor before she does it. And uh, it seemed to be a thing that would be okay. And, and she took the plunge and they actually say it's pretty healthy. So they actually say swimming in like really, really cold water uh, is actually stimulating for your body and, and keeps you young. When you hit the water, was it colder than you thought it was going to be? 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I've been in cold tubs sure. as a player. You, you go up neck deep into cold tubs, but a frozen lake is a, a lot colder for some reason um, than, you know, rehabbing after you just get beat <laughs> up for 80 plays in a football game. And uh, what was the charity that be- benefited from this particular polar plunge? Uh, that was Special Olympics. Okay. Absolutely. Well, fantastic. We appreciate your community service. I'm sure it was a great way to introduce you as the new coach on campus. Uh, it was a lot of, there's a lot of excitement here. I can feel it. I'm happy to have you on the show. P.J. Fleck, best of luck here at Western Michigan University. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, we have a saying here at Western Michigan called row the boat. So uh, everybody out there uh, in Bronco Nation, uh, just keep rowing the boat. Thanks. Send your questions, comments, or concerns to The Adam Ritz Show by emailing adam at adamritz.com. Okay, we're about to learn uh, a lot about a great organization, and this is my favorite kind of interview because I don't know anything about your organization, Tony, and I cannot wait, along with our listeners, to find out what it is you do and why you're here in Miami at the All Pro Dad Father and Kid Experience um, as a major contributor, sponsor, um, organizer. I, I don't even, I have no idea. I just, I met you. And you're a, you're a fantastic gentleman, you're a nice guy, and I'm excited to find out exactly what Team Dad is and what you're doing. This is Tony Wagner, our next guest, and I, that was the longest introduction. I'll shut up now. You talk. Why are you here? I'm here first because I want to be here, but I also work for the Department of Children and Families, and we are co-sponsoring this event along with many other people, including the Children's Trust. Uh, and I th- believe that we have co-sponsored this event previously. And um, this, now that they're here in Miami, we wanted to make sure that we were part of the event. Um, through the children, uh, through the Department of Children and Families, we do many things. We provide uh, Medicaid, food stamps, uh, many family services, uh, try to prevent child abuse, domestic violence. So we're involved in all the different areas of the community that, that we can assist. And with the Department of Children Services, is that Department correct? of Children and Families, State of Florida. The uh, Department of Children, Children Families, and Families in this, the entire state of Florida. This yes, is a state-run yes. uh, organization, it and sure you're, you're the are you the head of it? No, no, not at all. The head of, of our region, uh, Esther Jacobo, was not able to make it today. I'm the director for the region for community services. Okay. Uh, our secretary, which is Wilkins, he sits in Tallahassee under the governor, uh, but he runs the entire state, and we have different sections throughout the state or circuits that uh, take care of all the needs of the uh, clients of the state of Florida. So behind your office walls, um, share with us a success story, uh, a family that's benefited from all the good things you do. I want to interrupt you with that. Recently, in fact, two days ago, we had a project called Santa Claus, and that was initiated by the Secretary of the State, uh, um, Wilkins, and we were able to give 
in our particular area, it's checked for $6,000 to a family who was in great need to pay for the rent, to pay for the utilities, and to be able to keep the children at home. So we were very happy to do that just two days ago. Uh, a month or so ago, we did it more or less the same, but with a less amount of money for another family, a person who happened to have been an adoptive uh, child, and now he has a child that he adopted, and we were able to help him financially. Plus, we, give, we did a, a toy drive, which we gave over, I would say, to families, over 2,000 families, we gave toys out during the holidays. So recently, that's what we've done. But every day we do things. Uh, it's unfortunate that we don't get the coverage uh, when it comes to the good things that we do. Yeah. And it's throughout the, throughout the year, every day. Uh, even the, the, nutri the food uh, nutrition that we provide, that's important. Because without that assistance, families would not be able to feed the children. And I think that needs to be taken into account, the good work that is being done through the Department of Children and Families. What is the nutrition? Uh, is this education stamp, or actually food real stamps, food? The, food stamps? The food stamp program and, okay. and the collaboration we have with different entities in the area that also help us with that. Tony Wagner is our guest from the Florida, state of Florida, Department of Children's Families. That's correct. You're, you're surprised I got that right that you time. You got huh? that right, Adam. Uh, <laughs> and your uh, shirt says Team Dad. Yes. Is this uh, a division of that department, or is this just no, a fun thing just, you did uh, for today at the All Pro Dad that, event? It's something that uh, the department made up for today, and it's got all the sponsors in the back, which I wish I could read them. Let's see if someone can. We have Prevent Child Abuse Florida, which is us. Um, all Pro Dad, Fatherhood Task Force, and our kids. Our kids is one of the agencies that we work with, and they work with all of the community agencies to provide the services that, are, that the community needs. So we have a lot of people committed to this project. What's your favorite part about being a dad? I'm not a dad. What? No, that is dad. amazing to me I'm that you're here today. I'm not a dad. And you're volunteering at a, at a fatherhood all pro dad event, and you're not a dad yourself. That's well, amazing. Congre well, good for you. But I will tell you why. I'm by profession a mental health worker, a therapist. So I work with families most of my life, okay. and with children. I used to work with children. So you've got hundreds of children, really. Yes, basically. I, I, sometimes I'm walking down the street, and one of them says, "Hello, Tony," and I don't even know who they are because they're grown now, and says, "You, you know, you were with me when I was having some trouble, and that was many, many years ago." So uh, they're all over. They're my kids. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, at the event like this, you've done these events before. What's your favorite part of an All Pro Dad event? Well, I, this is my first time with this event. Oh, okay. But uh, I'm excited about being here and representing Esther Jacobo, the regional director, because it's wonderful to see the faces of the children and to see how the dads are engaging and creating memories for them. And I think it's important. I was telling um, uh, my friend here sitting right next to me, that I had a girlfriend. That doesn't want to be on the radio. That's right. It's not that you couldn't remember her name. She just does not want to be on the radio. I had a girlfriend many years ago, um, and every time I used to kind of scratch my head, she said, you want to go to sleep? And I said yes, because she knew that my father used to do that to me. Scratch my head when I was a baby, and, it, I, and I just kept it. Every time I go like this, I know I have to go to sleep. So I do have memories from my father. That is and it's wonderful that, that this is taking place here today. Well, Tony Wagner is our guest. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. You're with the uh, Florida Department of Children's Families. Let's get your uh, digital properties uh, out there for the masses. Where can we learn more about you online? Well, um, you can call the department, and it, the, you know, if you go into the Internet, just look for the Department of Children and Families, and you will be able to access all of our numbers, and my numbers uh, is there, and you can call me directly if whoever wants to talk to me, and 
and see if we can help him in any way or be part of any other projects in the area. There you go. Google it. Department of Children's Families, right. State of Florida. That's it's right. Tony Wagner. Thank That's you right. so much for being at the event and volunteering and being part of uh, such positivity here uh, in the state of Florida. We thank you for your community service. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for your commitment and for being here today. We appreciate it. Time for some Twitter shout outs, some new followers to the show. Lamont Deshfield at Ladge86. He uh, has followed from Sacred Heart University, plays football there, and his bio says Faith, Family, and Football. Thank you, Lamont, for the follow. Also, Atlanta Woodford at Atlanta124. Her Twitter bio I like. It says, You've got to dance like there's nobody watching, love like you'll never be hurt, sing like there's nobody listening and live like it's heaven on earth. Mitch Hall is number 63 on the Missouri Tigers football team at Mitch Hall 63. Mitch Hall, thank you for the follow, his Twitter bio. Truly blessed by the man upstairs. Get socially technical with the Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically. And the broadcast continues. It's the Adam Ritz Show. We thank you so much for tuning in. And our guest now is Jerry Pastore. Jerry, how are you? Excellent. Thanks for being here, Adam. Appreciate it. I, uh, I like your last name because it's, I, I put a little uh, extra emphasis there on the third syllable of Pastore because it's, what do we have here? Is it French, obviously? It's uh, Italian. Oh, and, obviously it's not French. And it's not, <laughs> and it's not very glamorous because the Italian word that it's based on is one for shepherd, pastor. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you're glamorous to me. Uh, Jerry is, uh, well, first of all, thanks for uh, having me out here in uh, what I'll call God's country. It's just beautiful out here. I'm on the campus of Washington State University in Pullman, Washington. Uh, for those of you that don't know the uh, the West Coast very well or the, the western part of the United States, in the state of Washington, we're about five hours away from Seattle, and, and I'm going to guess uh, within an hour's drive of Idaho. How close to Idaho are we? We're actually eight miles from Idaho. Oh. So 15-minute drive. We're 15 minutes from Idaho. Yeah, right, correct. I can't, I can't wait to call my mom and tell her I was 15 minutes from Idaho. <laughs> Play your cards right, I might take you there. <laughs> well, Jerry is uh, the director of Student Well-Being. Did I get that right? right. Student Athlete Well-Being within the uh, athletic department, the Cougars, here at Washington State University in the Pac-12. Tell us about what you do as the director of Student Well-Being, Student Athlete Well-Being. Well, Washington State University has really made a commitment to the student-athletes, as, as many universities have, in that we're really looking at the whole person uh, when uh, we have our athletes here, our student-athletes. And we recognize that uh, student-athletes have a particular challenge that maybe the general population of uh, a university may not have, uh, certainly uh, with pressures, time constraints, uh, uh, you know, rigorous workout schedules, what have you. And therefore, um, they may have... You know, obviously dealing with maybe a higher, well, research shows they're dealing with a, a much higher level of stress just day to day. A lot of that is kind of self-imposed because they're obviously very competitive people. Um, so we really try to incorporate um, in our programming here with athletics um, messages and health messages about how they can uh, better take care of themselves and make safe choices out there uh, also uh, in in the uh, social world. Now, I was... I was eavesdropping earlier, and I, uh, I'm not afraid to admit to you that I was. And I think I heard you talking about the uh, – are there four aspects or four pillars uh, of your program here for uh, student-athletes? I hate to put you on the spot. What are those four? We're looking at um, – we look at their intellectual, obviously, well-being. We look at their uh, physical well-being. 
their intellectual well-being and their social well-being. So obviously here at Student Services, we have uh, many facets to it. You know, academic, we support their uh, academic growth and progress uh, intellectually. Um, certainly their physical well-being. We have a, a just a top-notch uh, student, uh, rather athletic uh, training program. Um, and in terms of uh, the, uh, the big challenge, I think, for our student-athletes is, is, uh, is being safe and healthy out in the social scene. Uh, that is, I, th I think, uh, pretty general across many universities. Jerry Pastore is our guest. He's the Director of Student-Athlete Wellbeing at Washington State University, 30-plus uh, years in the business of um, counseling. And uh, you mentioned out of those four pillars, social uh, and just social interaction um, here on campus. And I wanted to ask you, um, there's a news story out about uh, marijuana becoming uh, legal or more legal or, or more acceptable in the state of Washington. How does that change your job or your focus? Well, it, it doesn't help in terms of our messaging, let's say that. Washington's a very liberal state, uh, especially on the west side. Um, but my message really does not change. Um, I don't approach marijuana use uh, with our student-athletes as a uh, moral issue. Um, it is obviously a legal issue at some level. But I really target how it may affect their academic and uh, athletic performance, which, based on the psychoactive substance, THC, that's, that is in uh, marijuana, it has very uh, deleterious effects on, on both of those. Let's have some fun now. Jerry Pastore uh, here at Washington State University. You were telling me off mic earlier that this was quarterback you for a while with uh, Mark Rippon and uh, Ryan Leaf and Drew Bledsoe. You were here during all, at least Drew Bledsoe and, and Ryan Leaf's time here. Give me your best Drew Bledsoe uh, story. Well, I'll tell you, one a lasting memory here is we were playing our rival, University of Washington. And as any other university, it's a, it's a, it's a very healthy rival, let's say that. And uh, It's the Apple, the Apple Cup? The Apple Cup, yeah. Right. Okay. So we play the Apple Cup uh, one year in Seattle and one year here in Pullman. Uh, well, it's played in the end of November, and uh, as, as chances had it at this particular time, uh, we had a major snowstorm, much to the chagrin of the Washington Huskies. Um, and we had a very competitive game, and uh, there was a last, I think it was in the last minute, uh, Drew Pledso dropped back and made a pass, and um, one of our uh, speedy ends, uh, Philip Bobo, if I remember, made a tremendous catch and caught it in the end zone, totally extended himself, caught the ball, and slid directly into a snowbank. <laughs> and at that point, the team just surrounded me. I mean, they're, they're, we actually have a lot of photos of that because it was such a dramatic victory in such a dramatic setting uh, that it's, it really is emblazoned in, in Cougar history. That is fantastic. And then uh, something just popped in my head. From my, um, I guess, covering the news on this radio program, there were some recent news stories about high school programs that uh, the school board voted down the team mascot or the school mascot being a cougar because of, I guess, the derogatory, um, it's a double meeting. In today's society, a cougar means something besides a, a, a feline uh, mammal. Um, how, to me, that is so ridiculous. To you, you're a cougar. 
you're a Washington State University Cougar. When you hear this story about a high school voting down naming their, their team the Cougars because of the double meaning of the word Cougar, what, what is your take on this? Uh, people probably need to stop watching reality TV is my first response to that. <laughs> However, here at Washington State, you know, it's, I've never even, that's never even crossed my mind or anyone here. We have such a deep tradition here um, of our, our mascot is called Butch. Um, and we actually had live cougars. We had, I think, seven live cougars before, you know, culture changed and said, hey, maybe it's not such a great idea to have a cougar in a cage. Um, but our cougar, also Butch, our, our mascot in a costume, has actually won the Capital One Cougar, uh, Capital One College Mascot of the Year Award a okay. few years ago. So I think sometimes people are just pole vaulting over a one-inch bar sometimes when yeah. you really, I mean, it's just, it's, to me, it's, it's such a, a kind of a bizarre kind of way to think about things. But, uh, you know, I understand everyone has uh, liability issues these days. Pole vaulting over a one-inch bar. I'm using that one. Thank you so much. Um, and, yeah, that story I, I mentioned happened in Utah. Okay, BYU is in Utah. The BYU Cougars, one of the uh, traditionally most strict religious programs in, in America, uh, in the high school in Utah, voted down becoming the Cougars because of the double meaning. And in that institution, BYU, is right down the road. I, it just blows my mind. PC is taking over. All right, well, Jerry, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck here at Washington State University. I can't thank you enough for joining this broadcast. Well, Adam, thank you so much for being here. Honestly, um, uh, you, a tremendous resource. And let me just say, I'm going to put this plug in. If anyone has not had Adam uh, at their university, I highly recommend it. Connects with uh, our students, connects with coaches, staff, um, truly, and I really appreciate what you're doing because what you're doing is really needed. I'm David Hamner from Southern Methodist University, and you're listening to The Adam Rich Show. Imagine a world where bullying isn't considered a normal part of childhood. A world where I'm not afraid to go to school. <laughs> to speak out. To be myself. Loser. A world where I'm not afraid to be caught alone. Come on, punk. We have the power to stop the bullying. Speak out. Speak up. Educate. Find out what to look for and how you can make a difference at bullying.org. Bullying is not kids being kids. It's not about good homes or bad homes. It's not a normal part of growing up. I shouldn't be afraid to get on the school bus. To turn on my computer. Message. Or walk to my locker. Did you know that a bully will stop his or her behavior in 10 seconds when their peers speak up? Use your voice. Hey, leave him alone. We have the power to stop bullying. Find out more at bullying.org. Bullying.org. Where you're not alone. Where you're not alone. Where you're not alone. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically. And we uh, thank you so much for tuning into this broadcast. We have such a great time meeting interesting uh, people from coast to coast. And now we are... Joined uh, by Cody Parker. Hi, Cody. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? You know, we talk, I'm doing great. Thanks. We talk about coast to coast, and you know, where are we? Georgetown College in the beautiful state of Kentucky. Tell us uh, one thing we need to know about Georgetown College. Well, uh, Georgetown College, we're an NAI school. It's not NCAA, but we still have a very good competitive edge in sports, and we take pride in our Baptist roots. And all over, you know, we're just a great education. I gotta, I gotta believe this campus is, is just beautiful. Oh. From from end to end, being in the, the rolling uh, meadows of Kentucky. Yes, it's, it's an absolute beautiful campus, and it's one of our biggest sellers when it comes down to it. 
Okay, so we're here to talk uh, sports, and we're also going to talk community service. Now, you're a football player with the fighting who? Tigers, Georgetown Tigers. Georgetown Tigers, all right. And what's your position? Uh, I'm actually the punter. What? Yeah, yeah. You're 6'4", 220, and you're the punter? Yeah, well, I I bounced around a couple (laughs) positions. I ended up punter, but it's all right. Yeah. So what was your – if you had to pick a position besides punter, what were you in high school? Uh, tight end. Tight end, That okay. was my number one. And number one are you now punter because you're such an extremely talented punter, or are you just a horrible tight end? Uh, a little mixture <laughs> of both. I guess you can look at it. And, you know, I cut my losses as a tight end, and I figured, you know, might as well just go punting because it was where I was good at and best for the team. That's great. All right, well, we bring uh, Cody Parker from Georgetown College, the Fighting Tigers, uh, the football squad at Georgetown College. We bring you on the show to talk about the service you do with your community. Um, from a community service point of view, what do you guys do? Well, uh, in the springtime when we don't have season, we normally just have a normal lifting and practices, but every now and then we get out in the community for the weekends because um, our fans are our community and we don't get a whole lot of them in our way to give appreciation and thanks back to them. We go out and do things that they need because there are people out there in our community that, that need the help, and we do whatever we can as kind of like a thank you for being supportive. That's a great idea. So uh, just one specific, like what do you go out and do for these people? Well, there's actually uh, there's a farm that I worked at. It's called um, the Hoot and Kathy Gibson. They own it, and uh, I went out there. They're big supporters of the football team. They donate money every year, and – they're, lo- they're loving, loving people, and we go out there to the farm and give them help because they don't have a whole lot of help out there as it is, and we try to help them as much as we can, cleaning fence rounds, he- lifting heavy stuff because he's, he's an older man and he can't do everything himself, so okay. we go out there and do as much as we can for him. Well, that's great, and so I guess uh, not only is a fan, they're fans of your team, so you now have a personal relationship with these people too since you help out. Yeah, yeah, actually, uh, they've actually let me live there for the past couple of summers working no and being able to lift and train with a program down here in Georgetown because I'm from Cincinnati. So having a home away from home and being able to go out and relax whenever I need to and have that family atmosphere is so huge at college. That is great. We talk a lot about community service. Uh, it's just a great way to get involved, uh, not only help other people, but it sounds like you're getting some help too, which you know isn't, ba- isn't a bad deal either. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I can't be any more thankful for these two people and what they've done for us. It's Cody Parker, a punter at Georgetown College. We thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.